Well, I too say happy Father's Day to all of you fathers that are here today. Let's celebrate the gift of our earthly fathers as we give our glory to our heavenly father today on this Sunday morning. I know now in a congregation as large, there's a very diverse group here today on Father's Day. We have those whose father is still living and you love them dearly and are so blessed to still have them today. Then there are those here who have a father living and you have maybe perhaps a strained relationship with him. Then there are those who have a father that maybe has passed on and you miss him so much and today is a hard day for you. Then there are those who have had a dad, a father, but he left. And those who have never known their father and have long been grieved by it. And then those that have been raised by their, have not been raised by their biological father, but raised by a man who deserves the respect to where you call him dad. It is a fact this morning, if you're alive today, you have or have had an earthly father. And as I mentioned, possibly in different fashions. But one thing that is for sure today, what we all have in common is we all have the same spiritual father, God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, who even declares to be a father to the fatherless. Can you give him praise? Now today it is Father's Day and I want to talk to the fathers that are in the house today and to those who are listening online by chance. I want to challenge us today, men, as fathers. I'm not here to put a message that beats a dad up today. I'm here to challenge you because I have found in my own life, even though I might do something good, I can always do better. And the way that I can do better is to be challenged to do better. So today the Lord is going to challenge as, as dads. I want to try to help you understand the importance of your role and responsibility to being a father. But let me note, just because I'm talking to fathers, I'm not talk, taking away the importance of a mother. The mother's role is, is just as important as the other one. One is not more important than the other. What is a matter of importance is God has designed the roles to be complementary of each other and work together to reflect the person and the nature and the heart of God in a way that neither role on their own can. It limits the complete strength of parenting. A mother's role will always be primarily intimacy, care, and nurturing. But the fact of the matter is, as a child matures, he or she will increasingly look to the father for the role model in processing decisions and adopting values. And where, and where the father is found indifferent or he's inadequate or absent, the task of maturing in a responsible manner becomes more difficult for the child to do. So today I want to specifically talk to you, Dad, about the power of a father's influence. The power of a father's influence in your child's life. And I want to remind you how important your roles are to your children's lives. And the reason this message is so important today is because we're now living in a time where society is increasingly devaluing masculinity and manhood. It would not be exaggeration to say manhood is under attack. While we know that manhood matters and masculinity makes a difference. Let me say when I'm talking about a father, simply producing a child does not make you a father. Unless you accept and fulfill the responsibilities of a father, you're just a man with a child. 
And dads, whether you know it or not, you are one of your child's greatest influencers. Your children are watching you, how you handle people, yourself, problems, success, finances, failures, and how you have or have not a relationship with God. They're learning every day from you. Their lives are being molded by you, trained by you, even at the earliest age in life. So if you're the example, today would be a good day to step back and ask, what are you exemplifying in their eyes? See, so many children want to grow up and be just like their daddies. I mean, what kid wouldn't? In their eyes, you're a superhero. You're invincible to them. And dads, they defend your honor on the playgrounds of America every day. Oh, yeah, well, my dad can beat your dad up. Oh, yeah, well, my dad is smarter than your dad. Oh, yeah, well, my dad can lift 10,000 quadrillion million billion pounds with one arm. Oh, yeah, well, my dad can do it with one finger. Dad, you're bigger than life to your sons and your daughters. They want to be just like you. And whether or not that's a good thing or not is how you live your life in front of them because it's going to be of great influence to them. And as that child grows up, Dad, they have to have an identity, become someone. And you're going to play a big part in that, whether you've been a positive role model, a good influence, or a negative influence, or in some cases, an absentee influence. Whether they have morals, integrity, ambition, or whether they are manipulative, not trustworthy, have low self-esteem, will be a reflection of your influence. Your temperament, your actions, your attitudes, your habits, faith are all instilled in their behavior. Men, what you do every day in front of your children, whether good or bad, they want to emulate it. Little boys want to be strong and brave as you. And little girls want their daddies to be their protectors and their greatest fans. Dad, I want to remind you, they are your buckaroos. They've been watching you, and they want to be just like you as the video showed. And the old verbiage, do as I say and not as I do, isn't working. They're following you or someone else because you weren't there. Dad, you must have an interactive relationship with your children, even at the earliest age in their lives. Now, here's a mistake most of us men make. Somehow we get this ideal, love in itself equals influence. You loving your child is great, but that alone is not enough. Because I know a lot of parents who love their kids, but they have very little influence in their lives because they're not actively relational with their kids. It makes a difference. I know this because my dad loved me, but he never throwed a baseball with me. He never come to watch me play a football game. He didn't come to my graduation. He never took me fishing. He never took me to hunt or taught me. He never taught me about God. So therefore, he had very little influence in my life. You cannot have an influential relationship with your children unless you spend time with them. And the mistake, especially a father can make, is somehow see the younger years as the domain of the mother, their sole responsibility. Mama, you handle them until at least they get potty trained. Then I'll step in when they can share in a hobby with me or a sport or things I like to do. Until then, I'll just let them hang with you. 
Yet, dad's the most important time to start building a relationship and influence with your child begins the day that they are born. They don't just need mama. They need their daddy too, regardless of their age or ability to interact. And it's not their job to enter into your world. It's your job to enter into theirs. So spend time with your children. More than ever, this generation is dealing with an identity crisis. Who am I? We got children more messed up than they've ever been before, more confused about life, about what's right, and about what's wrong. See so many double standards. They see so much hypocrisy. They're believing things such as, my family circumstances says I can't be. My social status prohibits me from. I was taught to tell the truth, but the world says that a little lie never hurt no one. I was taught not to do certain things that everybody else is doing them. My grandpa didn't graduate. My dad didn't. Why should I? My dad wants me to be a doctor like him, but I just want to be a professional ball player. If I don't make straight A's, my daddy says I'm a total failure. If I cry, my daddy says I'm nothing more than a sissy. Dads, now more than ever, when morality, integrity, and aspiration are declining at one of the most rapid paces in history, we need men to step up, maybe dads, and take the responsibility to be godly, to raise godly children in godly homes. We need a generation of godly men who understand the importance of being an influential godly father. That's what will turn America back around. Can you give God praise? The problem is too many times we're not willing to be the example and live up to your responsibility that they need. That is biblically rooted. That declares you're to be the priest of your home, both physically and spiritually. Today, dads, I want to talk about the power of your influence in your child's life, whether it's a daughter or a son. Boys and girls need to see their daddies be godly, courageous leaders. Warriors, brave, defenders, but also kind, gentle, compassionate, spiritual, honest, men of integrity. Because men, your influence is so strong that they say when a dad comes to the Lord, there's a 93% chance the whole family will follow you. So what are you waiting for? Dad, you are to be the spiritual leaders of your homes. And one of the greatest attributes leading to, leading to all the chaos in our American families is the lack of having fathers in our homes and fulfilling their responsibilities. If we want to turn this nation around, it's up to the men, the dads, to step up and fulfill the responsibility as a father. Our sons and daughters don't need you for a friend. They need you for a father. They will find friends, but too often they can't find a father. And we're living in a day and hour when never has there been a more important time than to have fathers who are engaged and in tune with the importance of their roles as spiritual fathers in our nation. We can no longer just be earthly fathers. We must be spiritual fathers. It's no longer about just teaching them how to hunt and fish and ride a bike and to be honest. But it's time to teach them the greatest lesson in life while they're young about Jesus Christ. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to worship. Teach them the word of God. Because we are living in an era that is described in the word of God as the last days. And I've come to tell you the last days are not going to be like the old days. Now, you might have grown up in a town like Mayberry, 
But today, kids are growing up in a world that's called scary. It's no longer baseball, hot dogs, apple pies, and Chevrolet days in the great old USA. It's a time when, as a nation, it will be unlike any other time in our history, a more complex time, a time of great uncertainty. And our children need godly fathers more than ever needed to lead them. Because unlike ever before, our enemy is out to destroy our children. The plan is to attack the masculinity of manhood. He is. While distracting the father with the cares of life. He is. And with the temptations of a seducing world. He is. While return, leaving our children vulnerable and unprotected by their fathers while they remain neglectful. There is a spiritual warfare a manifested spiritual attack upon our children. Now, if you're not spiritual this morning, you will have trouble maybe understanding this message. While the headlines, headline after headline, day after day in the news is all about the indoctrination of our children to demonic influences. The attacks upon our children are in our face. It's no secret anymore. Where is the outcry of the fathers? I see the mama bears fighting for their children, but where are the daddy bears? You better hear this preacher today because if it's not on your doorstep today, it will be on your doorstep tomorrow. And we as fathers have let our heads down, neglected our responsibilities. As a result, we're losing this fight because our complacency has become institutionalized. It's time, men, that we own it because this is not a flesh and blood fight. This is about fighting principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places that we were warned we would face in these last days. And can I tell you, smart bombs and nuclear weapons are not destroying our nation's biblical foundations and moral fabrics. It's evil concupience. You might ask, what is that? It's a strong desire, a tendency an attraction usually rising from some lust or sensual desire. Morally speaking, it's the tendency to want to go off course for the pleasure of sin. Better put, it's a sin problem, spiritual warfare. And you cannot win this spiritual battle by just fighting physically. And it's time for dad to wake up, stand up, and declare, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Come on. Dad, you have a vested interest in this fight. The word of God speaks of this time and warns of these coming days. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of which such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Church men are under attack in an effort to destroy the family. The enemy knows if I destroy the family, I destroy the nation. Fathers, we've got to step up to the plate and be the priest of our homes and the father to our children. 
by being faithful to, in our faith. We must become the watchman on the wall. You see, there is a father absence crisis in America today. We have too many absentee dads and too many priestless homes. 72% of the population believes absentee fathers is the most significant family or social problem facing America. And let me say, dads, you can be in the homes but yet still be absent. And there could be men in the homes, but they're not fathers. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 19.7 million children, more than one in four, live without a father in the home. And as a result, we're witnessing the fallout in our society, and it started when we started taking God out of the equation and fathers out of the homes. Because the family is the basic building block of all social structures. When men are fulfilling their God-given responsibilities as spiritual leaders of the home, I want to tell you the home is stable and secure. Yet when men are absent, we're causing women to have to try to fill our responsibilities. And yet it's something we shouldn't be proud of, but ashamed of. Because women for too long have had to perform a dual role because of the absence of the father. Many women, single moms, have done outstanding jobs of trying to fulfill the dual role of being both mother and father, but they will never be able to completely do what the male role was created to do as a father. Because God created man, then he created woman to be his helpmate, not his replacement. He gave each gender a role and a personal responsibility to mankind. But due to the lack of men fulfilling their roles, now motherhood is on overload. And it's time for the body of Christ to wage war against the enemy that's trying to defeat the priest of the home. Now, dads, when you think your influence doesn't really matter, I want you to listen to some alarming stats. 85% of the youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. 39% of students in the United States don't have a father at home. Children without a father are four times more likely to be living in poverty than children with a father. 71% of the children who drop out of high school live in a fatherless home. Teen girls from fatherless homes are also four times more likely to become mothers before the age of 20. 63% of the youth who commit suicide come from fatherless homes. Living in a fatherless home is a contributing factor to substance abuse. 85% of all children who exhibit some type of behavioral disorder come from a fatherless home. 90% of the youth in the United States who decide to run away from home or become homeless for any reason come from a fatherless home. 40% of the children in the United States are born to mothers who are not married. And 92% of the parents who are currently in prison in the United States are without fathers. Dads, children need their fathers and they need your godly influences. Yet 90 million men are not involved in any kind of discipleship. While women are 100% more likely to be involved in discipleship. Do you know the typical U.S. church congregation is 61% female and 39% male? On any given Sunday, there's 13 million more adult women in church than men. This Sunday, almost 25% of married, church-going women will worship without their husbands by their sides. Over 70% of the boys who are being raised in church will abandon it in their teens and their 20s. 
many of these boys will never return. And fewer than 10% of U.S. churches are able to establish or maintain a men's ministry. As many Christians will divorce as non-Christians. Here's one. 90% of children ages 8 to 16 have been exposed to Internet pornography. You want to top that? At least 70% of Christian men have struggled with Internet pornography. 75% of volunteer church are women. Women are 57% more likely to hold leadership positions in the church. Where are the men? Where are the fathers? Many are not even in the home. And that in, there, there are many in the homes, but they're, not, they're neglecting their priestly roles. Some are there, but not engaged in a fatherly role. Dad, you must realize the tremendous impact that you have on your children, the difference you're making when you're there than when you're absent. Many homes in America are suffering from the phantom father. The father is not there, even though in a lot of situations when he is there. One of the names used to describe our God, our Heavenly Father, is Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. He's omnipresent. He promises he'll never leave or forsake us. Our Heavenly Father is always there, so should we be as an earthly father. And too many don't realize the importance of their presence and the influence and destruction caused by their absence. They don't realize everything they do or don't do impacts their children's lives. They don't realize their sons and daughters are watching. And the problem associated with absentee fathers and the impact that they have on our children, including father and daughter relations, have been well publicized over the last years. So what does this mean? It means there's 17 million children, 25%, living with single mothers. 32% of all births in 1995 were out of wedlock. Nearly four of 10 first marriages in divorce. 60% of divorcing couples have children. And one million children each year experience the divorce of their parents. 26% absentee fathers live in different states than their children. About 40% of the children live in absentee father households, haven't seen their fathers in at least a year. While 50% of children don't live with their fathers have never stepped foot in their father's home. Children who live absent from their biological fathers, on average, stats say, are more likely to be poor, experience educational, health, emotional, and psychological problems, and be victims of child abuse and engage in criminal behavior. I cannot stress enough the importance that men are to be the priests of their homes, to be the greatest influence in your child's life, because there's too many children without fathers. There's too many young boys who need their father's love and direction, and too many daughters who need their father's protection. Fathers need to teach their sons how to be a godly man, yet to do so, they must become one themselves first and then lead by example and by influence. This will say, do as I do not, and, I, and do, this will say, do as I say, and I do is not working. They want to be just like you. The generational curse needs to be broken, and it begins with you. That's the responsibility that I accepted when I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. My goal and purpose in life now is to change a whole generation. I was not raised in a Christian home. But my goal and my purpose now is to change a whole generation by being a godly father and leading as a godly example. Too many fathers need to set the example of what kind of man their daughter should search for. Our children not only need fathers, they need godly fathers. 
men who are led by the Spirit, men who are the example of Jesus Christ. Too many men are struggling under the pressure of society. If we men will be honest, we often get caught up in selfishness and our pride. And men who are workaholics are often neglectful of their children's needs because of their own needs. Too many are allowing hobbies and careers be more important than parenting. A recent poll showed that by the time the average child is six years old in America, he or she will have spent more time watching TV or on video games than they will spend talking to their dads during their entire lives. And it begs the question, who's raising our children? You know there are more grandparents raising children than ever? While boys and girls are growing up never knowing their dads? They've never had a baseball thrown to them by their dad. They've never caught a fish with their dad. They've never been kissed goodnight by their dad. They were never walked down the aisle by their dad. Truth of the matter, a lot of dads are failing because you never had a godly father either. I know that because I was one of those kids. And the recent study shows an average, child, an average dad in a lifetime spends 38 seconds a day talking to his children. 38 seconds. And some of us dads are wondering, why are our children acting out? Why are they having behavioral problems? I'll tell you why. Dad, they're trying to get your attention. If the only way they can get it is causing problems, then so be it. They feel it's worth it. A little boy's dad was always working. And his little boy was feeling so neglectful that he stayed up late one night waiting for his father to come home. When his dad came home late that night, to his surprise, he found that his son was still up. He scolded him and said, son, why are you still up? Just waiting on you to get home, dad. Then he screams at the boy. What were you waiting up for me for? You know the rules for bedtime. The little boy says, I just wanted to ask you a question. And dad asks, well, what is so important you couldn't wait to ask tomorrow? The little boy, sniffling by now, said, I wanted to know, Dad, how much money you make an hour. The father becomes even more furious, thinking, what kind of stupid question is that? And he hollers, I make $20 an hour, okay? And the little boy says, I also want to know if I could borrow $10. No, screamed the dad. After the stunt you just pulled, go to bed now. I am so disappointed in you. The little boy runs away to his room crying. Then an hour later, after Dad finally gets a hold of himself, after he finally gets past himself, he begins to ponder his son's actions with curiosity. Why would he want $10? What was so important to him that he would stay up late knowing he would most likely get in trouble? Then finally, when his curiosity prevails, so the dad goes to the boy's room, this time much calmer, says to his son, didn't mean so hard on you, son. I just had a bad day. The little boy says, it's okay, Dad. Dad says, hey, by the way, I'm curious. Why did you want to borrow $10? And the little boy reached under his pillow, and he pulled out a $10 bill and said, so I could put it with this, Dad. Then I'd have $20, and I could buy one hour of your time. Come on. Dad, our children should not have to buy our time. We should want to give them our time. And I want to tell you something, that little boy or that little girl that you're pushing in a stroller today, seemingly, like the blink of an eye, 
will be walking across the stage receiving their diploma tomorrow, moving on with their lives. When they do, you will be asking yourself, how much did you contribute to their lives, to preparing them for it? What kind of example did you set? Did you know, do they know Jesus Christ? Do they know the love of a father? Do they know that you'll always be there for them? Do they know that you will protect them? Do they, do they know that you always wanted what was best for them? Dads, there are not no do-overs. Boy, I wish I could. There are only regrets to live with and consequences to deal with. There are so many children out there who just want some time with their dads. And as a society, so many are sadly failing this area's fathers. It's a scheme of our enemy to distract and destroy men. Men, we got to pray to succeed as fathers. In Luke 18, 1, Jesus told his disciples that men ought to always pray and never lose hope. We have a real men rally each year. And the goal and the purpose is to teach men what a real man is. We use David as an example as a real man because David was both a warrior and David was both also a loving gentleman who loved God with all of his heart. We use him as an example because David was feared by many because he was strong, brave, and courageous, but he's also kind and gentle. And then when we see men in the altars and they're praying like they do, then you can be assured families are changing as well. So many children need their fathers. Dads, your children will love you in spite of your flaws. I was told a true story one time. I had a friend who was a deputy sheriff. He was at the station one night, and a young boy comes in wearing a, a, a jacket, a high school jacket. He goes up to the dispatcher and says, I'll come to get my daddy. The dispatcher turns and says, hey, Charlie, go get the drunk. They go back and get the boy's daddy. And the boy helps his daddy out the door. Before he leaves the door, he turns around to the dispatcher. He says, sir, let me tell you something. To you, he may be a drunk, but to me, he's my daddy. Come on. Fatherhood requires humility to be present in your life. You need to wear it like a badge of honor. You got to realize you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes, but you got to own up to it. You were wrong. You got to teach your kids how that when you're wrong, how to make things right. Let me see you overcome brokenness. Let them see you overcome hurts and failures. Teach them that when you fall, that there's God's grace to help you back up. And when someday they fall, you'll be there just like your heavenly father to help them back up. They have to know dads make mistakes, that they aren't always right. Teach them how to say I'm, I was wrong, how I'm sorry, how to forgive someone, how to treat their spouse. And today God is saying never has there ever been a greater opposition facing our families and our children. The home doesn't just need a man in the house. It needs a father. Don't try to tell me a father doesn't make a difference after hearing all of these stats. Because the enemy is more vile and vigilant than ever. The enemy has surrounded us, our generation, and the next one to come. I'm going to give a, quick, a few quick instructions to help us be better fathers. Dedicate your children to God. This will cause you to recognize that they're a gift from God. Teach your ch children to fear the Lord, even as you do. Protect them from ungodly influences. Establish them in the church. If you show faithfulness to the house of the Lord, they will too. Instill them godly standards. Teach them there is a word in the Bible called fornication, that sex before marriage is a sin. 
living together outside the bonds of marriage is sin. Teach them to fear and reverence God, his name, his word, and his house. Instruct them of the importance of being saved. Teach them that God has a plan and purpose for their life. Teach the importance of prayer and reading their Bibles. Teach them by life actions, not your words. Teach them that God loves them. Yet in everything you teach, practice it yourself. Let your children know you're not ashamed of the gospel. Neither should they ever be. Lead them to God. Experience God with them together. Because love is not giving a child everything he asks for. Love is not a closet full of toys or a drawer full of clothes or a large amount. Love is spending time with your child, teaching them right from wrong. It's a father sitting down with his child, looking them in the eyes and say, we're going to be Christians. In our house, we will serve the Lord. And because of that, there are some things I will allow and not allow. There are things we will do and will not do. Men, to be godly fathers, you have to have a relationship with God and your family. Now, let me share. There's a difference of, of between a father and a godly father. There's a difference in raising a child without God and with God's help. I've done both. I was 37 before I got saved. And I will testify to you that due to my upbringing, I knew nothing about God and very little about being a father. But I knew a lot about being a man, about being tough because it's what I was taught. But since I gave my life to God, I'm doing a whole lot better job of being a father. I'm still not perfect. But since being saved, I have learned so much from my heavenly father, how to love, how to be a better father. And myself and my family have now been blessed because of it. You see, my heavenly father has spent more time teaching me how to be a father, a real man, than about being tough. He's the greatest example I've ever had of a father. I still got a lot to learn, but I'm willing and I'm able. But I'm no longer going to allow the world to tell me how to be a father. I'm taking my lessons from my heavenly father. And God is calling men to step up like he instructed Joab, the captain of King David's army. Joab was surrounded by the enemy in a battle, and he said to his soldiers, men were in a bad place. It's time to be a man. It's time to be courageous. If you're going to die for something, die for the sake of your families, your cities, and your children. And today I want to declare, dads, if we don't be the man, a real man, both godly and courageous and willing to fight for our families, we're going to lose this fight and return the battle. Men, the battles we are facing that are truly destroying the homes of family, our children, are not military battles. They're spiritual battles. So therefore, in this day and time, it's not just enough to be a man to win this battle. You've got to be a godly man. And we not only got to be godly men, we got to be in unity to win this war in our, our families. We got to stand together. Joab expressed this to the enemy that day. He told him, not only do we got to be men, he said, we got to be in unity. If they're too strong for you, I'll help you. If they're too strong for me, you help me. In other words, we're in this fight together. Men, there comes a time because of the role that God has given you. We have to come to decide what is worth fighting for and what mountain do we want to die on. When God created man, he created us to be godly, courageous leaders. He made us first. Then he made the woman to be simply a helpmate to the man. And the honest truth is men, a lot of men are retreating, have gone AWOL, resigning, or neglectful. You want to know why more women are fulfilling men's roles, being placed in leadership? Because men are neglecting their responsibilities as men, so men, women have to be stronger. In many homes, women are having to be the mom and the dad. In single-family homes where dads walked out, we have children that are having to grow up a lot faster than needed. 
to help in the homes due to the absence of dads, to help with the duties dads are to be doing. Come on, can we talk and be honest today? We have women having to solely provide for their homes while perfectly healthy men sit and lay up and play all day. I'm not talking about disabled men. Men, we must avoid the pitfalls of masculinity. Someone said men are 90% ego wrapped in skin. We have our own version of pride and arrogance. We, have, we know our own ego driven by that John Wayne mentality. Most men think they're John Wayne, Rambo, Chuck Norris, and Albert Einstein all rolled into one. Ladies, can I get an amen? <laughs> men, <laughs> pride leads us to more failure than any other thing. Kids need a dad both day and night. Help them with their homework to talk to them, play with them, teach them right from wrong, how to pray, to discipline them, to encourage them, to wrestle with them, to cry with them. They need a full-time dad. It's possible to be home every night but be an absentee dad. If your career keeps you from important moments in your child's life, if you don't have time to build a relationship with them, if you're always too busy or too tired, I've been guilty of that as a young father. I'm a workaholic. I've had to repent many times. I've had to change my priorities. To where now it's God, family, then the church. My family is everything to me, most precious thing I possess. You can have everything else. As a godly man, you're to be the priest of your home. Yet in far too many homes, it's a woman's that's having to be the spiritual leader, setting the home out of biblical order. We're to set the examples of morals and integrity in our homes. Do you know that everything your son or daughter will become to believe will be based upon your life as they grow up under your leadership. Under you, do you know they're learning how to talk, how to respond to conflict, how to live morally or immorally, how to be committed or uncommitted, how to treat others right or wrong, how to tell the truth, truth or to how to tell a good lie, how to have or have not integrity, how to have respect or disrespect, how to have a worth ethic or not. Your life is to be the greatest influence in your child's life because they're watching you. We're commanded by Scripture to train up a child in the way he should go. And God is looking down and seeing the greatest opposition upon the family and family values ever before. There's a great onslaught happening to the body of Christ. And God is asking, where are the fathers? Joab told the men in that battle their purpose for fighting and winning that war was for the people, for the cities, for the families, and for the children. He's telling them, if, you're going, if you men don't stand up and be men, it's all going to be destroyed. Carnal men are not going to turn this world around. It was 12 godly men chosen by Jesus that turned the world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's going to be the godly dads, the mighty men who defend their homes and cities. For if I fail to, the enemy will devour them and even my children's children. But I've decided not on my watch. I will die fighting them because I was created to. I have come to understand what goes on in my city affects my family, in my school affects my family, in my workplace affects my family, on my streets affects my family, in my nation, in my state, in my home affects my family, affects my life. And as a man of God, I'm supposed to make a difference in this world, in my home. You know, history records since the Civil War, 
Till now, over one million men and women have died fighting for our country. Well, many of them were dads who gave their lives so that we can be a nation of freedoms. And one of the greatest freedoms is the freedom of religion, which has become a war in itself in our country. We have not lost a military war yet. We are still the land of the free and the home of the brave today. But if we don't have men, fathers stand up and be the priests of their homes, we could lose this spiritual war and our children, our children's children, dad, you're that important. You must leave behind a godly legacy that will leave a ripple effect for every generation that follows you. That's the power of a father's influence. Do you know there is a promise from God to your children for fathers living godly? Deuteronomy 5.29, God told Moses, if the people would fear me and obey all my commands, they and their descendants, their children, would prosper forever. Meaning every generation that follows you, Dad, would prosper because of your blessings. But unfortunately for many who refuse to live godly, millions die every year losing their spiritual battles to sin. And then the sins of the Father are passed down from generation to generation as well as creating a generational curse. And I've come to say, dads, today you can break that curse by making a decision today for your life that will change your family's life forever. It's time for the prophetic fulfillment of God's promise, which I read in Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6, to come to pass. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Some take this verse as referring to the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So that meaning of this verse is saying that in the last days that the people will turn, their their faith, turn to the faith of their fathers, our spiritual fathers. Fathers, we must be men of faith allowing our faith to influence our children to have faith. And now more than ever, that scripture, that promise has got to come to pass because in Mark 4, 13, it talks about the last days and gives a description. It talks about when it comes to time of rumors of war, when it comes to time about all the calamity that's going to be on the earth. There's a part in there that says, this is what will happen during that time as well. Brother will betray brother to death and a father, his child, saying a father will betray his child. And then it says, and children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. This is speaking of the last days, the hour in which we now live. Therefore, producing the need for this promise to come to pass at this hour, church, this is an ordained moment for dads. And it all begins by dads by first turning our hearts back to God. I'm going to ask if our musicians would come. I'm going to ask if you would stand this morning. It's time, church, for God to turn the hearts of men back to their children and the children's hearts back to their fathers. Because, Dad, you are their greatest blessing. And they are your greatest blessing. Psalms 120 says, The children are inheritance of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward.
Men, they are your inheritance, and you have a responsibility to fulfill. There was a time when it was all about teaching your son how to fish and hunt and about honesty. But now more than ever, it's about teaching them and making sure they know Jesus. How about before you ever give them an iPad, give them a Bible. Before you teach them how to drive to the store, teach them how to drive to the church. In closing today, that is God's heart and desire is to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Will we understand how important, how powerful your influence is to your sons and to your daughters. They're watching you. They're emulating you. If every head would bow for just a moment, I'm going to follow the direction of the Lord right here. If you're a father in here today, perhaps you're doing a great job as a father. But I want to tell you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's a lot of room for improvement in your role as a father. Because by giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ, your Heavenly Father will teach you, complete you, to be able to give that very special child that you have responsibility for the greatest instruction and influence in your life. But we've got to begin by being spiritual fathers. Today, maybe you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. So what I'm going to do, if you're here today, I'm going to pray a sinner's prayer. And if you're here today and you say, you know what? You're right. I want to get right so I can do it right. I'm going to say a prayer. You pray it with me and believe this in your heart. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I ask you, God, today to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I commit today my life to you, to follow you. And I ask you, teach me, Lord out of love like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head